Welcome to the Modern Woman Dilemma, the podcast for every woman striving to craft her unique path. I'm your host, Cherokee, here to share not just my journey, but the collective wisdom of women from all walks of life. No matter if you're climbing the corporate ladder, mastering creative chaos, or finding your way through life's many stages, we've got something for you. We'll bring in experts to unpack financial planning, demystify human design to tackle burnout, explore modern birthing experiences, and hone the soft skills you need to succeed. So whether you're a seasoned pro, a curious beginner, or somewhere in between, tune in for expert advice, deep dives, and a touch of humor. This is my love letter to women everywhere. Join our tribe by subscribing to The Modern Woman Dilemma, and let's navigate this incredible journey together. Welcome to the very first official episode of the Modern Woman Podcast. I am so excited to jump straight into the nitty gritty with you and thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. To show you just how much I appreciate you being here, I have a very special guest speaker lined up for you. Today we're joined by a remarkable force in the world of personal development, Kylie Ann Null, the mastermind behind Mind Your Hero. Kylie is on a mission to impact millions across the globe inspiring them to craft a life that's not just livable, but one that's vibrant and filling every single day. With Mind Your Hero, Kylie has created a universe, or a hero-verse, if you will, where the tools for self-mastery aren't just available, they're tailored to help you become the hero of your own story. And if you're listening to this, know that it's not by coincidence. You're here because you're ready to step out of the shadows and shine with the brilliance you've always held within. Kylie's journey began with a spark, a burning desire to place the hero journal into the hands of as many people as possible. This wasn't just about writing and reflection. It was about offering a beacon of mental health support, a way to rewire mindsets for success previously unimagined. So since 2018, Mind Your Hero has evolved from that single transformative journal into a snowballing personal development brand, bringing about profound transformation in individuals all over the world. Kylie is a 3-5 emotional generator. And if you're wondering what the heck I just said, head over to Kylie's website right now and download your human design chart for free. As a 3-5 emotional generator, Kylie possesses the unique ability to distill powerful concepts into simple, easy to understand teachings. She's here to share her wisdom throughout her podcasts, social media, and digital courses. So let's welcome the woman who's equipping a global community to awaken their inner heroes, your mindset and manifestation expert, Kalia Nell. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. I'm just feeling super honored that I get to be the very first guest. I've obviously given a bit of a breakdown as to what you do. Is there anything that you want to... um, right off the bat, mention to the listeners about who you are? Sure. What a deep question, actually, because who am I is, you know, so many people go, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm an accountant, which is really an easy step to jump to when it talks about vocation. But when you understand that question on a soul level, who I, who am I? It becomes so much more intricate and I think at the moment I'm doing so much embodiment and identity work that I'm still a soul discovering who I am and essentially at the core of it all I know that I'm just a soul having a human experience but if we have to put labels to who I am I'm a mom I'm a business owner I'm a wife I am a South African living in Dublin just to give you a bit of a background. And then I know that you would have said this in the intro, but I am a 3-5 emotional generator, which we will be talking about through this podcast Amazing. episode. Pisces. And so <laughs> yes, you are. We've got very similar charts because we were born on the exact same date, just five yes. years apart. And nothing is a coincidence. <laughs> nothing is a coincidence. Everything always coincides. So that is just a little bit of like the labels of who I am. But I think on a soul level, I'm still very much a work in progress, learning about who I am and trying to spread my light in the world to help people understand who they are. Amazing. So to kind of break the ice a bit and get you all loosened up, I've got some rapid fire questions for you. So the first one, what is one word that describes your approach to life? Ooh, resilience. Oh, I love that. I really love that. Okay. What is the first thing you do when you feel out of alignment? 
generally have cacao, <laughs> um, <laughs> always have cacao. And I know, so again, I might sound like I'm talking gibberish in the beginning, but we'll dissect it. From my gene keys, from my human design, I have a very deep understanding of when I am out of alignment. And that's the beauty of the system we're going to be talking about today. And for me, when I feel very stuck and frustrated, I know instantly that I'm out of alignment. And I know that just getting outside and the simple act of walking, but very intentionally Mm. and showing my body that I can put one foot in front of the other shows me that I can move forward and that I am unstuck and it's, you know, that choice that you make. So that is something that I'll generally do. Have a cacao ceremony journal. I'm a huge advocate of journaling. It's actually how my entire company started and it's really just something that's become a very big part of my life. And then cacao, I believe, opens up your heart and allows you to tap into divine connection and get the wisdom that you often are seeking, but you find it within yourself. Amazing. And then what is one habit you would advise every aspiring female entrepreneur to adopt? And I have a feeling I know that answer already. Yeah. So journaling. (laughs) Um, But more than that, it's not just journaling for the sake of journaling and because somebody's told you to journal and then you're expecting it to get results. It's about actually learning how to love yourself and i know that that may sound like but we're not on a self-love episode if we're talking about business but truthfully speaking if you cannot trust yourself if you don't know who you are if you cannot love yourself in life Mm. in business that's going to be really really hard so a lot of the work that i do with my clients is to help them understand themselves at an identity level because that's the basis of everything with manifestation with who you're being with who you're attracting with the business Mm. that you get to do the why the purpose Everything that becomes your business starts with who are you? Which is why that question in the beginning was like, well, who am I? It's very deep. Yeah. It is so deep. So it's really about understanding that. And I believe that journaling is a form of unlocking that. But I don't believe that journaling is the only way to unlock it. It's just been a very big part of my journey. Yeah. It's the gateway to self-discovery, I suppose. Okay. And my last rapid fire question. Um, what is the biggest myth about manifestation that you want to debunk? I have so many. (laughs) Why can't I only talk about one? (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest thing is that people believe that manifestation gets to be some magical thing that feels so good. And actually, (laughs) it's through the discomfort that manifestation really works. And people don't know how to sit Mm. in the discomfort because we're always running away from, yeah, like if you're having a really shitty day, people are going to go have a glass of wine and maybe scroll to numb what happened during the day. And that's why I say manifestation doesn't take your problems away. It actually probably amplifies them first because it teaches you how to overcome challenges. Mm. And I think that so many people are looking for this magical secret weapon and don't get me wrong manifestation is magical i have overcome so much in my life and the fact that i'm even here today as a mom blows my fucking mind because of Mm. everything that i went through to be here and to be even speaking on a podcast like this is just it's honestly a dream come true so if i can be that testament to the fact that manifestation is magical it is but it's not easy And that's what I think people don't understand. Definitely. And I totally resonate with that on such a soul level because it is hard. It is hard to even know what you want to start (laughs) with and what what your soul truly desires. And I think literally trying to find just that as my step one has always been um, probably such a test in my my personal resilience um never mind trying to figure out how to manifest that but just like zoning in and yeah it's so intricate the manifestation process and that is why people like you are so important you (laughs) you are like my personal guru and maybe to give the listeners a bit of um insight like kylie and i met um at a very strange period in i think both our lives Mm. (laughs) i had also just decided to move to Dublin and stumbled across Kylie's Instagram page and saw that she was another South African who had coincidentally just moved to Dublin herself and 
100% slid into her DMs. <laughs> Don't forget the message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, something corny like, hey, I'm about to move to Dublin and I don't know anyone, let's be friends. <laughs> so that that one little message kind of created this amazing friendship mm-hmm. and our lives have like almost overlapped in such a, an amazing way we both recently got married before we moved. We both we both um, COVID brides had to yes. <laughs> chop and change wedding dates and get married outside of the wedding, which was heartbreaking for me, but got over that. But yeah. so much has happened in parallel in our lives. Yeah. We had babies six months apart. We, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The, the, We're neighbors. Outside. We're neighbors now. Yes. <laughs> just throw that in. <laughs> Kylie totally manifested that. <laughs> yes. So I'm very lucky to have you in my life as my personal guru and just the, the value that you can add to your community around you and on a global scale, that magnitude is something to be so proud of and something I'm, very proud of as your friend and I am so happy that we get to share that with my listeners today. So also I'm pregnant and not emotional state, state so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. Otherwise mm. I might cry, but I'm just so honored to be your friend and to witness your new chapter in life, which I know is going to be a phenomenal success. Oh, thank you. I'm very lucky to have so, so much support in my like, passion projects and everyone kind of just goes with it. I'm very much that I'm self-proclaimed job hopper, but (laughs) even in my personal hobbies, I tend to experiment a lot and it's in my human design. (laughs) I experiment a lot and yeah, I love to find a creative release and this has just been a really great way to do it and connect with the people around me too. So yeah, very, very excited amazing well whilst we're on the topic of human design should we guide the listeners into the juiciness we've got with it yes let's dissect (laughs) great do you want to start with asking any questions or so i think the biggest thing for me is exploring my own human design chart there's so much that happens where you feel like you have zero control and then you look at your human design chart and you're like oh it's actually literally written in the stars <laughs> and everything's aligning. And when you start to see that the universe is prompting you to do things and be a certain way, but it, it's, it's a weird, I think, relationship where it, it, I'm trying to verbalize it because it's just so intricate. Basically, the universe leads you on a path, but it puts huge mountains in your way. And you're like, yes. <laughs> very confused. Why, why are we do like, if this is supposed to be my divine path, why is there a huge mountain that I need to climb? I'm exhausted. And now you've just told me that I need to climb up another five kilometers. So it, it's, it's a little bit testing. And I think yeah. that's what I was saying is that manifestation is not easy. Yeah. And human design, I think gives you that, reassurance that you know whoever you are whatever struggle you've gone through there's probably a reason why and (laughs) it it all comes down to like who you are and knowing who you are and why you react the way you react to things and for me reaction is such a big thing in all my my relationships and friendships is you know you can interpret someone's reaction very differently to how you know your partner or your best friend or your mom or your sister would react to that same situation. And just seeing how human design, not just my charts, but looking how it interacts with Graham's charts or my son's charts and how the forces are in play. It's so interesting. And my, (laughs) my reactions have changed since learning more about myself and I've become, I think a little less reactive and more understanding about the people around me and also very forgiving on myself, like for myself Um, and where I feel like maybe I've slipped up a bit and then I'll go back and I look at why and is there some sort of connection here and just having that understanding that Mm. 
I honestly feel you would only get during therapy, <laughs> but having that right in front of you on a piece of paper has been so validating. That's what I think human design is. And I think I just want to briefly touch on what human design is for the listeners that have absolutely no idea and have never come across this modality before. So human design is a system that was downloaded by the founder Rauhuhu, and he calls it the voice that came to him. And it's essentially a combination of five different systems. So we've got astrology in there and you'll see that we're probably going to talk a lot about Saturn return today and I think it's going to be really a pertinent topic for a lot of your listeners especially if you're around the age of 30 but you'll see if you download your human design chart which you can do by going to the mind your hero website website get your free chart and if you're listening what I would highly recommend doing is pause this podcast get your chart have it open in front of you and it will help you understand what I'm about to say so on the left and right hand side, you've got these two columns that run down. You'll see all these funny little symbols. Those are the planetary positions. And the one on the right hand side will be the positions at the time of your birth. And the ones on the left hand side would have happened 66 days before you were born. So that's just to kind of, oh, is it 88? I can't remember the numbers, baby brain, but it's <laughs> a certain amount, it's about three months before you were born, that design would have happened. What happens then is that we've got a strategy that is a planetary placements, which is why your birth time is so important, as well as your birth date. Then we've got the I Ching system. And for me, that is the most fascinating. And it studies how we've got 64 energies that run through our body. And those 64 energies relate back to the DNA codons that we also have that run through our body. And when you go into sacred geometry, you'll know that the whole of all of life force has the number 64 that runs through it. It's fascinating. You've then got the Hindu chakra system. So if you're looking at your charts, you'll see squares and triangles in your chart. And that is your those are called your centers, which are derived from the chakra system. The chakra system was originally a, a seven-centered being, but through our evolution, human design has actually discovered that two of the centers split, and that is why we are now a ninth, considered to be a nine-centered being. And we've also then got the tree of life. So if you're looking at the charts, and if you've seen the tree of life, it kind of looks like the tree of life, and it comes from the Jewish Kabbalah system. And it's really interesting because it speaks about how everything is connected, and it really is so, so connected. And you were speaking about relationships, and when you look into like relationship connection, charts mm. you'll see even more how that's connected and then we've finally got quantum physics which is how the system even came to be and this is a part that i find really interesting and you said something so beautiful earlier which was it's written in the stars and literally we are stardust so i'm going to briefly explain how that is even mm. the thing essentially scientists and especially quantum physicists have studied the atom for many, many years. And inside an atom, we know that we've got subatomic particles, which are electrons and protons and neutrons, which you've probably heard if you've ever gone to a science class. And then we've got these subatomic particles that are not very well known, but they're called neutrinos. And what happens is, is that when there's a supernova effect, which is basically a star bursting into flames and spreading its embers all over the place in the universe, that forms what we call a neutrino. And at the time of your birth, it's a it's basically a particle with no mass and no density and it's tiny, but those neutrinos infuse us with the information that is present in the universe at that time. And that is how we get our design. So when I say to people, you're literally born of stardust, it's because you are. Mm. And what I love about the human design system is that there are over 3 billion combinations. And wow. then you still have to consider that you have your own lived experiences. So you really are essentially a once in a lifetime cosmic event and there has and never will be anybody like you ever again. And even just understanding that gives me goosebumps because it's it really so beautiful to show how unique we all are. And mm -hmm. we really do all have a very deep purpose and that's what human design really helps you unlock. So that's just a little bit about human design and for me, like you were saying, it's just given me the permission slip 
to be who I was always meant to be. And it's given me the permission stuff to be like, oh, that's why mm. I did those things in the past. Or that's why I am like this. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's been the most freeing system I've ever come across in my life. Mm. And what happens when you know this information about yourself and you actually step and try to because I've heard you speak a lot about being in alignment with your design. What does that mean? And, you know, if you're out of alignment, what do you showcase versus when you are in alignment with your human design? So firstly, let's talk about why being out of alignment is not always a bad thing. Okay. And again, it's one of these misconceptions that I think a lot of the people in the spiritual world or community kind of label but the way it's spoken about can be perceived as a very negative thing yeah and it's it not it it's not a way. negative thing and this is what shadow work has really given me the gift of seeing as well is that if you're out of alignment it doesn't mean that you're being a bad person you can be out of alignment and still in integrity you can be out of alignment and still being authentic with yourself mm. and i think that there's a difference between the three so for me being in alignment means simply that you're going from point a to point b so if we were having to drive from dublin to galway right now there would be a road from point a to point b from dublin to galway and yes there might be a like a roadblock so then we would have to go off course. That is when we're not in alignment. But perhaps we go off and we find the most beautiful forest because we mm -hmm. had to take a detour. And then we get back on the road and we carry on with our journey. That is what alignment is. It's simply being on the pathway from point A to point B. Being in integrity, though, is how we would drive towards Galway from Dublin. So if we were cutting people off, not using our indicators, swearing at everyone on the way, that wouldn't really be an in integrity because okay. we'd be pretty shitty human beings for doing those things. So that is where we look at integrity. Like, are you being a good person and I say that very, very carefully because a lot of what the human design system looks at, it, it looks at conditioning, like what have our parents taught us that we need to be in order to be celebrated, revered and loved? What has society taught us that we need to be in order to be celebrated, revered and loved? And I think the whole purpose of your brand is very much talking about like what society expects women to be mm. in terms of moms, in terms of the corporate. 100%. And we, we grow up believing that we have to be a certain way so that's where we'll look at authenticity in a bit but being an in integrity just means are you being of the highest service to humanity and those around you that's how i look at it and then we've got authenticity and this term is thrown around so much and i know we've spoken about this even on like selling sunsets for example it's like oh she's just being so inauthentic but what does <laughs> authenticity actually really mean because again i think people think that being authentic means that you're in integrity and it's not the case mm -hmm. being authentic means that you truly know and understand every part of your being and that means you have to dive into the shadow so the shadow are the aspects of you that you don't actually recognize until you are brought into awareness with them and that can create what's called or known as cognitive dissonance so i discovered and i'll um very happy to talk about my shadows one of my biggest shadows which is actually very much a part of my human design chart as well when you dive into the depths of it is being condescending now condescending has given me so many gifts but when i first discovered it i didn't want to be condescending because i had attracted a lot of narcissistic people into my life and of course i viewed them and labeled them as being condescending and being condescending is for me now that I've understood it through the lens of the gene keys is that perception of putting yourself above or below somebody and comparing yourself. And again, that's not living in authenticity. So authenticity is going, I can be condescending and I know I can be condescending and I can apologize for when I'm being condescending, but it doesn't make me a bad person. Mm. So it's going, I know that I've got these bad, characteristics or behaviors or traits i own them and i also know that they've given me so i know that through being condescending it's given me the unique ability to see the oneness in everyone and see how we're actually all connected on a much greater level but i wouldn't have been able to truly understand and in manifestation 
we term it the law of oneness, I wouldn't have been able to truly understand the law of oneness without the experience of being condescending. So that's how I've moved into being more authentic with myself. And authenticity is about you owning your wounds, your light. And if somebody goes and says to you, wow, you're really brilliant at this, it's not going, oh, thank you. But you know, I just like read this book or it's going, thank you. I fully receive that in that moment. Which is always hard to do. Especially as women. <laughs> yes. some, of the, some of the most profound work I do with my lady clients <laughs> the art of receiving and that's what being authentic is it's about owning who you fully are unashamedly you're not trying to people please you're not going okay how can i work longer hours at work so that i can get noticed for that promotion you're not trying to prove yourself you're not Mm -hmm. trying to prove your worth just as i wake woke up this morning and i was 1.61 meters tall and tomorrow if i had to wake up i'm going to be 1.61 meters tall that's not going to change Neither is my worth or my value as a soul. My mm. value as a soul is always going to remain inherent because you are because you you are enough just because you exist. And I think that that's where people forget that or, or haven't ever been taught that. And that's where we go on these crusades to prove ourselves, to prove our worth. And that's when we end up being inauthentic and we start doing things that are not in alignment to mm. our soul's purpose. And we can then fall out of integrity. And we then have our emotions, which is just energy and motion. And if you think about what I've just said, that we've got the 64 codons in our body, we've also got the 64 energies. And when that energy gets stuck and it isn't flowing, you're not bringing into your life what you actually truly desire. And that's when we create dis-ease within our body, which can result in quite physical dis-ease. It's so interesting. And I swear this podcast could go for like three or four hours. I've like jotted down notes for future podcasts. So you're definitely going to be a recurring speaker. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing you did mention that I want to definitely dive into a bit more is that Saturn return. So I've done a little bit of research like through your your programs and your social media and you've touched on the Saturn return before and it, it looks like I'm about to enter mine can we go into that a little bit more yes so the Saturn return is such an interesting period of time and I think so many of your listeners will relate or resonate or remember when they were going through theirs or can, could possibly be I don't want to say more prepared because you can never really be prepared for your Saturn return. And if you think you are, then you're not because part of the Saturn return is to learn to trust and surrender and let go of control, which is, I know, something that we're speaking about (laughs) at the beginning of this episode, which is like, we want to try and control everything. So essentially, just in terms of the technicalities around the Saturn return, is that your Saturn, when it comes back to your, like where it was in the sky at the time you were born. That's what we call our Saturn return. And Saturn is known as our great teacher or our, I can't remember what other people call it, but I know it to be your greatest teacher, but your greatest teacher is never the easiest lessons, right? So essentially your Saturn is in term, sorry, in charge of discipline responsibility, authority, all of those things. And whatever is not working in your life, when your Saturn does come back into return, which is around 28 to 30 years of age, and it's going to last for something I actually learned today when I was doing a bit of research for this podcast, is that it can last anything up from two to two and a half years. And that's because Saturn might go retrograde, which means it looks like it's going, it appears to be going backwards, but then it comes back into your house. So that's why it could be an extended period of time, but it's either, it's around two years that it lasts for. And during this time, how you will feel, and I know this because I went through it so deeply myself, is that you will start questioning everything in your life you will done (laughs) happening who am i am i in the right career Am, am i in the right friendship circles am i in the right relationship and if there is something that is truly not working in your life saturn is going to illuminate that and it's going to bubble to the surface what needs to be released to be healed to be aligned to be brought to your awareness and a lot of people then 
hear this and go, oh my God, my Saturn return is going to put my life through a washing machine, which it felt like it did with mine. But it was because I was living so far out of authenticity, <laughs> out of integrity, out of alignment with what my soul desired, that it had to do that. And I'm so grateful for that time because there was so much that happened during my Saturn return. And one of the results was forming Mind Your Hero because of my Saturn return. So it's yeah. a period of time that really brings you into questioning everything in your life. And obviously it also depends where Saturn is in terms of your placement in your chart. So I wish I could spend 50 million hours going through every <laughs> type of placement you could get, but that's where one-on-one -on -one reading would be really valuable because each gate and each line within your Saturn will really illuminate something different for somebody and um, teach you something different, but it's here to be your greatest teacher. Oh, literal goosebumps. Like, it's a feeling I have at the moment, and I mean, I've, I've had it for months, is feeling just so unsettled, mm -hmm. um, and almost like I've got this energy and I don't know where to put it. And I feel like all this experimenting that I've done in finding my, call it a side hustle, um, like getting very excited about something, trying it in its simplest form, and then getting really like despondent. <laughs> and it almost feels like, my Saturn return could be that influence there. Um, I could be way off, but like it definitely feels that way. Like that's how it's resonating with me right now. Well, let's just dissect that a little bit because everything that you've just said goes hand in hand with your chart. So your profile line is a three five. Now, mm. your profile line in your human design really talks about the characteristics. It's like your archetypes that you here to really experience in this lifetime three lines are here to experiment and try out everything and it's part of your design to be doing that right now and saturn's mm. obviously bringing into calling your calling in life and there's probably a part of you that doesn't feel deeply fulfilled in the work that you're doing so it's bringing that into question and that's why you're questioning all these different other avenues and you're not going to find something and land on it this is this is what can be very desponding like disenchanting almost for mm. anybody's soul especially with the three line and if you have a six three line this will be even more amplified um which is I just can't find that thing. And why is it that other people can land on one thing and run with it and it will be the perfect thing for them? We're not designed that way. As three line energies, we have to experiment. And I remember in the very, very beginning of Mind Your Hero, I was actually in a training learning how to do Instagram marketing and paid for ads. And the lady that was taking the course was like, you have to be an experimenter and you have to think of yourself in a laboratory and you know try out all these different ways try out different things and you're going to have fun along the way and i was so frustrated i was like just <laughs> give me the fucking recipe why can't you just give me the printed out version i will follow it to a t and get the results at once and it was so frustrating for me but that's a generator energy because as a generator you're here to master things and we can become a little bit like ocd and wanting to like really get it right and master mm. our process and when we're not mastering it it's it's frustrating but now here comes a three-line energy it's like no you have to try out all of these different things and you're saying i've got so much energy that's the sacral energy that's like solid up mm. wanting to try out all these different things so you're very much living in your design and this is what a saturn turn does it gets you to live in your design in the discomfort so right now you <laughs> said like you could feel like it's it's making you feel despondent that's where you get to lean in that's where you get to go okay but why is it making me feel despondent is it because i i'm starting to believe this about myself or is it because i know that this is not meant for my soul and i was actually really excited because i thought i found the thing so yeah i thought i found the one and then it turns out not to be and nobody can tell you that it is or not isn't going to be the one only you can find yeah. it out through the experimentation that you're doing Oh, it, it's just such a wild ride. <laughs> Saturn return can often be the time where you have a great spiritual awakening, where you go through what is known as the dark night of the soul. It can be a really turbulent time. And mm. what I will also say is that 
through the turbulence comes magic at the end. Yeah. And yeah, having like just entered motherhood too, I think I've really, really, really set this up so well for myself. Hold into your life. So that's oh, that's wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Your soul chose to have these experiences at this time. And what I will say is that you entering your Saturn return, you're a far more stable human being than I was during my Saturn return. And I think that you've all like you, you've got a very old, deep, wise soul. And I think that you had already worked out a lot of things before going into your Saturn return. So mm. the level that you're probably going to go to and the depths that you're going to be questioned with the questions that you're pondering are going to be very deep. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of bravery required and cacao. And cacao. Mm. Let's quickly touch on the benefits of cacao. Yeah. So I'm not a cacao facilitator in any way. I just drink a lot of it. <laughs> but it's it's such an incredible thing. So from a spiritual level, and I know that this can be spoken about more from like the nutritional value, but essentially it helps your blood circulate faster, which then obviously helps your heart open up. And when you open up your heart, the heart chakra, or even like when we look at the identity and heart center in human design, it is that place of giving and receiving energy. Mm. Now, as women, we're really good at giving. We're so good at giving. We give mm. all day long. <laughs> but it is so difficult for us to receive. And the basis of manifestation is how can we tap into our receiving energy? Because you can't receive your desires. You can't receive the home that you're wanting to manifest if you can't even receive the help that you're you're needing to ask for. So opening your heart space allows you to tap into that energy of receiving. And for me, that's why I drink a lot of cacao, also because it's very high in magnesium, so it makes you sleep really well. <laughs> um, but... It, it helps you open up your heart space and connect to universal guidance. And that's something that I love about human design. It teaches you how to manifest on a quantum level. And it's a process that I take my clients through, which is something I call quantum calibration. And it really just helps you remove the clutter from your mind to open up that heart space so that you can receive the guidance. Because I think the biggest thing human design has taught me is that we don't make decisions from our mind yet. That's what we're taught and the narrative that we're fed on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. But human design teaches us that the answers and the wisdom is held in our body. And that's what we need to be deeply connected to. Um, you also mentioned, and I would love to get into this in, in another session, but touching on like the generational influence and shadow work influence. Um, and again, this is just, it just reiterates how interconnected everything is. And I love how brave you were talking about your shadows and how would one go about trying to figure out what their shadows are and how to work with them. Okay, so shadow work, I will say you need to be ready to do shadow work. So if you are currently in therapy and I'm a huge advocate for therapy, um, but if you are currently in therapy for like any sort of like clinically diagnosed depression or anxiety, I highly recommend you do not touch shadow work. You're not ready yet. And that's okay. Like I said, mm -hmm. in the very beginning, we're all a work in progress and there is no um, time to when you should or shouldn't be diving into this work. Shadow work is, is very deep. It's very intricate and you can do it in a way that doesn't have to be deep and intricate, but the work that I've done and the layers that I've unlocked have gone deep. I would also recommend doing it with somebody, but essentially what shadow work is, is that you start to recognize patterns in your external world, which is your friendship circles work. So when I started diving into shadow work, the first thing that I needed to unpack was, well, why do I keep attracting narcissistic people into my life? My psychologist at the time, because I was in a, I think I went to the same psychologist for a period of three years. And he was not just a psychologist. He had studied a bit of shamanic wisdom. He had a very deep knowledge of law of attraction, 
um, manifestation, all of these different things. So I feel like he wasn't just a psychologist. And he kept saying to me, and I didn't truly, truly, truly understand this at the time, but one of the concepts was that everything in your external world is a direct reflection of what is happening internally. And that's kind of the basis of shadow work. And for me, I then asked, well, if I keep attracting narcissists, does that mean I'm a narcissist? And the resounding answer was no, because you have the ability to self-reflect and narcissistic people don't always have that ability to go within and to figure out what's happening within them. And it's a coping mechanism. It's from a deeply traumatized place you don't just become a narcissist because you were born that way. It, it comes from a deeply wounded person, a deeply traumatic experience. It's not just something that you're born with. And through the course of this, he explained a concept which did help this really land for me. And it was, if you have a bully and a victim on the playground, right? So stereotypically, like from the cartoons, you'd probably picture a bully being this big bullish kind of person and picking on like the smaller little person on the playground who's meek and mild and is like please don't take my lunch and there's a bully going I'm going to take your lunch that's kind of the imagery that I get when I see this now if we had to put them in front of each other and go well you know the bully and the victim of the same person you'd be like but really are they like he's taking his food and he's like shame like poor victim but mm. let's strip back the layers a bully is acting out of a place of the core wound which is what 99.5 percent of people have i believe which is i'm not enough therefore i need mm. to prove that i'm enough i need to exert my dominance so that people can see how important i am and again it comes from he probably or she probably doesn't feel important at home they don't get the attention and the love so they're trying to get it elsewhere but the behavior doesn't come out in, in, in a nice way but it, it's not from a place of well i feel good about myself today so let me go beat up a kid <laughs> The victim, when we have to strip back the layers, why is it that they, they've attracted this behavior in their life? They have attracted it because they also truly believe that they are not enough. And they, therefore, they are mirroring the same core wounds back at each other. And that's how we attract people into our lives. So we are always attracting things into our life. And that's one of the other manifestation myths that most people don't understand. People think that manifestation is like a two-way thing, but we're actually a magnetic monopole, which means that we can only ever attract. We can't repel, we cannot block. But a lot of the terminology is just easier to explain when we say, oh, you're blocking your desires. People get that concept. Because if you keep saying, well, you're attracting the things that are testing you, people don't want to hear that, right? Yeah. So when it comes to shadow work, you have to start understanding that you are a vibrational frequency for everything that you're attracting into your life. And whoever is coming into your life is coming into your life for a reason. And they are highlighting back at you parts that you need to heal. They could also be highlighting parts of you that you need to accept. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're constantly just like celebrating and revering people and putting them on a pedestal because you're like, but they're so amazingly smart and they're so kind and they're so generous. And I wish I could be as brazen as them. I wish I could be as funny as them. You probably also have those characteristics and that's what we call a light shadow. And again, if you're not owning the light shadows, you're being inauthentic. And if you're not owning the darkness, you're not being authentic. So mm. that's what shadow work is. It's about going, okay, I see that person for example i'm going to use one of the most common shadows i see in people it's manipulation it's lying it's disrespect so if you see somebody manipulating you have to recognize that you can also manipulate and you have the experience of manipulating it doesn't make you a like it doesn't fill the sentence of i am a manipulator it just means I can have the experience of manipulating people. And when I do shadow work with people, it's so fascinating because you can literally see it. So one of the weird and wonderful gifts I have is that I feel energy in my body. And when I work with people in their shadow, I feel where their shadow is sitting very physiologically, whether it's in their throat or their back or their, wherever I feel it. And they can feel it too. And the moment we 
bring that shadow to awareness you can feel it flaring up it's like this thing goes crazy inside them and when we integrate it by the end of the session and the integration process honestly takes like 10 minutes it's so quick to do because of the techniques i have through nlp and even understanding human design that once we integrate it they don't even feel it in their body anymore and it's the most magical thing to witness so that's a little bit of shadow work Oh, I love that. Um, I think just bringing us back to the human design element, I think a lot of women at the moment in today's hustle and bustle are struggling with burnout. How can human design help burnout? I mean, it's so common. You can be burnt out from parenting, from socializing, from working, from exercising. So how can we try and eliminate that or even just mitigate it? Okay. So the first thing is to understand what burnout is because burnout is not just being tired. Mm. I'm tired on a daily basis because I have a one-year-old that doesn't sleep (laughs) um, through the night all the time, right? So yes, I am tired, but I'm not burnt out. And there's a very big difference. When you are burnt out, you don't have motivation and you can be getting eight hours of sleep a night and still be exhausted. And you're exhausted because you're not spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all of those things being fulfilled in your life. And that's where human design helps you. It helps you shift into where you need to be in alignment. Now, there's another um, system called the Gene Keys, which I've illumin- like referred to a little bit. And yeah. I'm going to explain it a little bit because it really helps you understand how you can overcome burnout. So the Gene Keys is a system that a person by the name of Richard Dredd, who is still alive today, which gets me all kinds of excited because to have a person alive and that we get to learn from and he's still downloading knowledge on the system and being able for him to literally have live transmission of this work is just phenomenal and he was a student under Rahuruhu and he was a very big student of the Chinese Ching system so he focuses more on the Ching system than what human design does but it's such a beautiful system. So in my eyes, human design is a little bit more dogmatic where most people go first. And then the gene keys kind of come secondary. So you might not be called to the gene keys at first. I know when I first discovered the gene keys, I was like, nope, not for me. Close the book, (laughs) put it away for another three years because it's so confrontational. And the, the Gene Keys is a far more feminine system and it's it's just so beautiful. But he takes you through three different pathways. You've got your genius pathway, your Venus pathway, and then your pull. And essentially how he explains it is so beautiful. You first have to, in the genius sequence, find your deep fulfillment in this life because if you do not feel deeply fulfilled, nothing you do is going to make you feel energized and revitalized. And I'm going to go into the energy type soon as well, just so that people can walk away and see where they could be burning out on us. Mm. Once you feel deeply fulfilled, that's when you start to do like the shadow work and the inner child healing and understanding your generational trauma and all of those things. And you start to open up your heart space. So I've spoken about cacao and how that opens up your heart and how it helps you receive. So you have to learn how to open up your heart. And that's through doing the deeper healing, giving yourself permission to meet yourself at the darkest parts of you, the lightest parts of you, see the the genius in you, see the, see the, see the villain and the hero in you. That's how I word it. And once you've opened up your heart, you can finally then step into prosperity, which is all about the work that you get to do and how you get to create abundance in your life. But you have to be feeling deeply fulfilled and mm. Money is like another whole topic, but essentially when people think of prosperity, they think of money, but you can't, like money is an amplification energy. So if you're bringing money into your life and you're feeling burnt out because you're not feeling fulfilled with your job, you're not feeling happy in your home life, money's only going to amplify that. And that's why we see so many people demonizing money. It's not money, it's people's behavior that we should be demonizing, not money itself, but money comes in and amplifies that so that's yeah. why he has it as a last step on his process which i think is really 
really beautiful. So when it comes to burnout, you need to find fulfillment in your everyday life. And that is a choice. And it takes a huge amount of taking radical responsibility and pulling yourself out of vector mode. And I say that with a lot of love and a lot of gentleness and tenderness, but also with a bit of a kick up the ass because I know somebody that's been in victim mode many times myself and can sometimes still experience it. In fact, the last two years have been a huge journey of me going even deeper into my psyche and my spiritual being, being than I ever have before. And it really takes a lot to keep coming back to how can, how can I be responsible here? Because I can, mm. I'm the only one responsible for co-creating my reality. And when we take that responsibility, we can then start to really work with our energy. So we've got energy beings in human design and non-energy beings. And the non-energy beings are even more susceptible to burnout, but all types are. So the five energy types that we've got in human design are manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. And we all come with a strategy that we get to live to. And when we live with that strategy, we move more back into alignment with our soul's desires. We start moving into authenticity. We start healing. We start like really what we call deconditioning. And the more we do that, the more deeply fulfilled we start to feel. So if you are a manifester, you are somebody that is here to inform and initiate. Manifestors only take up about 9% of the population. So they're very, very rare to come across. If you're a manifestor, you're a rare unicorn and you're here to really be a leader. You're here to really truly lead in this lifetime. And you have such a vital role to society because with you initiating, you activate other people. So generators and manifesting generators we need something to respond to without the manifester taking inspired action downloading an idea and going for it and then informing the people around them generators and manifesting generators don't have anything to respond to and projectors don't have an invite to receive so manifestors do that but without going too much into the strategy because i know that that can also go on forever manifestors are here to feel deep peace and they do that when they follow their strategy. So manifestors get an idea. What happens is, is that they need to tell people around them what they're doing. They're not asking for permission. Very importantly, they are not asking for permission. They're simply informing people around them with what they're doing because then people are activated. They know what they're doing. Manifestors are lightning fast beings. So if you're a manifestor, you're going to take something, get it into action and go with it. But if you haven't informed people, people will come in and disrupt you. And that's when you fall into your not self theme, which is anger. And if you find yourself being constantly angry, you're probably living in the shadow of your voice, which, or your throat center, which I've worked with every single manifestor I've ever worked with. And I've been very privileged last year, I called in a lot of manifestors into my life and all of them were living in the shadow of their throat center. And essentially the reason that you live in your throat center is because you're trying to dim your light. And if you're dimming your light, you're going to burn out because you, you're not expressing yourself fully. Manifestors are not designed, manifested projectors and reflectors are all not designed to work a traditional nine to five job. They don't have the energy. Manifestors have bursts of energy. They have this like, pulsing on and off energy. And when it's on, it's on, but when it's off, it's off. And a manifester will take a workload, run with it really quickly, probably get like three days worth of work done in an hour. And then what happens is, is that their bosses go, oh, well, let me give you more work because you're so good at this. But then they burn out because they don't have that energy. So that's where they can just start to like meet their energy needs. They yeah. don't have a consistent access to life force energy. We've then got generators and manifesting generators. And yes, there are differences, but I'm going to kind of group them together because we we can here. Yeah. Um, and they all, and I say we as well, because both you and I are generators, we have consistent access to sacral energy. But this means that we have to find doing the work that we do. We have to love it. Because if we don't love what we do, we burn out because we can just go and go and go and go. But then if our sacral is dying because we have no fun, we have no joy, we have no life force in our lives, that's going to die. And it's also very much about sexual energy there too. So a generator can burn out when they're not doing what they love and they can also work 
all hours of the night when I was building, mind you here, I was working crazy hours, but I mm. had that energy and it energized me. I would get to bed and be like, oh, but I needed to like, do this. And I've got the, these ideas. I felt energized, even though oh, yeah. I was working like 12, 14, 16 hours a day easily. It didn't matter to me because I was energized by what I was doing. And I can still have periods of time like that. So that's the manifesting generator. Like if and generator if you are feeling frustrated that's your not self-theme as an energy being and there's many different ways and it gets very nuanced with frustration and i also need to tread lightly here because if you're feeling frustrated as an energy being generated or manifesting generator it doesn't mean that you have to give up what you're doing because as a manifesting generator especially if you consistently give up to move on to the next thing that's when you'll get even more frustrated and disenchanted with life because you're skipping out too many steps mm. sometimes a generator and a manifesting generator have to push through the frustration but if you find yourself in a period of frustration that lasts way longer than a couple of weeks or days then there's something that needs to let you need to let go of to bring in that happiness to bring in that joy to bring in that vitality into your life again if you're a projector Oh, and by the way, generators, manifesting generators make up 75% of the population. So <laughs> we are quite common in terms of energy type. But when you dive deeper into the chart, there is nobody that's like, yes, I can guarantee you that. With projectors, projectors have a very, very incredible role in this lifetime. They are the, the guides and we are in a massive transition at the moment from the from 2020 to 2027, we're changing what is known as the incarnation cross. And it's so fascinating because so many of the world events that are currently even happening at the very moment can be explained through human design. Wow. And it blows my mind. I had the podcast for a very long <laughs> time. <laughs> but it, it really just goes to show how deep that the system can go. But projectors, and there is a rise in how many projectors are being born because we need them to guide us and our collective consciousness into our new era and into this new age that we're heading into. And the projectors are here to do that. They're really good at seeing systems in place. They're really mm. good at uh, directing people. Uh, they do sometimes lack self-awareness. That is their example. <laughs> but they're incredible people and to see a projector living in their strategy and authority is just something so spectacular. But if you're a projector, again, you're not here to work a nine to five job. Four hours is probably your max, but what you can do in four hours is what a generator can do in eight. <laughs> and I've seen it. One of our good friends is a projector. And when I see what she does in an hour, I'm like, I literally took an entire day. <laughs> How did you do that in an hour? She's like, projector baby. So amazing. It really is how they work. And you do get energy projectors versus non-energy projectors. That's another very nuanced level of human design. But projectors need to feel recognized and successful. And this is the hardest thing about a projector is that they need to wait for the invitation to feel that. But it comes from themselves first. So if you're a projector and you cannot recognize your magic and your brilliance, other people won't. And the more other people won't, the more you'll try to enforce it and try to get their attention to see your magic and brilliance but you're not really recognizing it yourself either. So it becomes this vicious, vicious, vicious cycle and you end up feeling very bitter in life and that's when you burn out. Sure. So projectors and projectors have, in my opinion, one of the most challenging strategies, but when you master it, it becomes the easiest, if that makes sense. So it's... It, I've worked with many projectors and it's a beautiful thing to see their transition. And I've seen a lot of, a lot of projectors living very far out of alignment because they get told to live like a generator or a manifester and projectors mm. have their own very unique niche in life. And the, the, there's about 20, 19 to 20% of the population constitutes for our projectors. And the last people we get to talk about are the very, very rare unicorns that only make up 1% of the population, which are reflectors. And reflectors are all about where you are environmentally. So you need to be living in the right place. You need to be around the right people because you reflect back to society what is happening. And I've worked... I've, had the privilege of working with three reflectors during the pandemic and because they are so open they feel the world so many of them started getting latent tb and what did the pandemic affect mostly 
lungs. So it was mm. no surprise to me that the reflectors were starting to reflect this back to their communities because that's where a community was mostly feeling sick. And reflectors, when they burn out, it's because I think I'm going to just go for a bit of a tangent here, not too long, I promise, but Michael Jackson was a reflector and he was both brilliant and both not brilliant in the same breath. He could never find his true identity. And we all know this because it was a very physical sign to the world with everything that he underwent. But in a concert, apparently he, I, I never had the privileged job obviously watching him live but apparently he was an absolutely incredible performer he could read the audience know what they wanted and that's what gave him the gift of being one of the most incredible performers because he had that ability so that's a reflector they've got this incredible ability to give the community what they want but in the shadow they aren't going to know who they are. They're not going to find their place in life. And that can be super disenchanting. And again, that's when they burn out. So a reflector needs to learn to really wait because they're governed by the moon. Their strategy is completely different to every other human design type they have to wait 28 days to make big decisions in their life and obviously society doesn't generally allow for that because we live in a microwave world and reflectors really need that time and they really need that space and i actually have a very close friend who's a reflector she has no desire to know anything about human design and (laughs) it's amazing to me because she is a reflector i'm like but you're living so beautifully in your strategy and the way her soul is, is that it's just so delighted by everything. She builds up anticipation in life, which is what her reflectors here to do, so that they can be surprised. But if they feel like they're being disappointed all the time, that's when they get burnt out. So it's really to find that delight and surprise and like that beautiful airiness to how their energy works. And that is how you try and avoid burnouts is by really just living in your strategy and then your authority is how you make decisions in human design that would take very long to explain but what <laughs> i would recommend doing is going onto the mind your hero website downloading your chart the first thing you need to find out what energy type am i am i a manifester generator manifesting generator projector reflector then you'll start to understand what your strategy is so manifester is to inform and respond Uh, not to respond, sorry, inform and initiate. Generator is to respond. Manifesting generator is to inform and, well, respond, then inform and initiate. Projector is to be recognized and to wait for the invitation. A reflector is to wait 28 days, which allows the moon to move through all 64 of your gates. And then learn about your authority, which is how you are here to make decisions. I do have a free five-part human design podcast, not podcast, email series as well, where it does go into a little bit of that detail so that you do start to understand it. And there are practical things in there that you can start to implement and just practice. And you'll see how your life starts to change in a very short space of time, just by implementing things that are so simple. And I cannot stress this enough. It is so simple that your brain wants to overcomplicate it because That's how the subconscious mind works. It's not hard. If it's not grueling, if it's not challenging you, it's not changing you. But it's through doing the simple things that are going to create the most impact in your entire life. So just start with those things and it will be amazing what you'll discover. And Kylie, so when our listeners go onto your website, they can download their chart for free, giving them the basic information of their human design. Um, But I hear we have a little special um, treat for our listeners today. And that involves your super detailed human design. Is it a blueprint? Yes, personalized blueprint. Mm. Yes. So once you've downloaded your charts, there's going to be a green pop-up button that says buy now and you can have the opportunity to purchase an entire document it's between 90 to 100 i think there was one that i did the other day that was 106 pages long (laughs) it really just depends on how you're designed because 
every design type will have a very personalized approach and you get immediate access to it. It's instant. And because you are a listener of this incredible podcast, you get an 11 euro discount on that. So it's only 44 euros, which I think is an absolute steal for what is literally the roadmap to how your soul is designed to operate. It's my Bible. (laughs) (laughs) If I can have it found, (laughs) I would. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really incredible. And you can download your human design chart from a couple of places, but the reason that mine are so different is that I've tailored every single element in your chart to help you understand how you can use it to use it to your advantage in your manifestation process. So if you're new to the world of manifestation and you don't know how to manifest things, your chart's going to teach you how to manifest in that journey as well. And that's where my charts, I've never seen those charts ever done like this ever before. And Mm. I bring my knowledge of the subconscious mind of manifestation of the universal laws of all of these things, as well as obviously human design to give you a fully personalized experience. And it's, it's honestly had such rave reviews. I'm so excited because I found a way to bring human design to the world in a very affordable way, because generally speaking, if you go for a human design reading, it's anywhere between 222 euros or dollars. And I've seen sessions up to $17,000. So, oh, it's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> you can get a 44. Such a steal. Oh, Kylie, thank you so much for diving into that with us today. I think we, we've really only scraped the surface of human design and manifestation. And I cannot wait to hear feedback from the listeners because they are going to have a million questions for us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think what we should do then is a follow-up podcast in a couple of months from now and we can answer some of their questions. Fantastic. We will leave the discount code in the show notes and um, any other resources we mentioned, we'll leave them there for you to access. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on it's been a true honor and i'm very excited to hear everybody's feedback kylie the honor is all mine and thank you so much for sharing your passion and wisdom with all of us today and reminding us that the power to create a life beyond our wildest dreams is always within our reach and that wraps up a truly enlightening conversation with kylie of mind your hero and our first ever podcast episode to our listeners we hope you're leaving today's episode feeling inspired to step into your own hero verse to shine brightly without fear and to become the hero of your life story remember that playing small serves absolutely no one and it's your time to manifest great things for more insights and tools to master your mindset follow kylie and mind your hero on instagram and facebook and don't forget to follow the links in the show notes to start your human design and manifestation journey Before we say goodbye, we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Head over to the Modern Women Dilemma on Instagram to continue the conversation and make sure to subscribe for more empowering stories and strategies each week. Until next time, keep minding your hero within and remember, the only chance is the one you take.